coming soon to a movie theater near you. It's the story of the little yellow-headed boy who could. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. That's right. Pac-Man's got his own movie, and it's coming to a theater near you. So you'll enjoy the touching story of, the, of a yellow-headed boy who left home to become a champion food eater. I've got to go, Mom. I've got to become the, the biggest competitive food e eater in the world. You go, son. Just remember your, your sweet Grandma Pac-Man right here at home. All right, Grandma Pac-Man, here I go. Follow his journey as he moves to the big city to try and eat competitively. How will he deal with the ghosts? Yeah, Clyde, go and take him out. Anything you say, Pinky, I can shove a whole bunch of hot dogs in my ghost mouth. I bet you can, Clyde. <laughs> and witness his heart-rending struggles with performance-enhancing pellets. If he eats one of those pellets, he could eat all the other competitors. How do you plead, Pac-Man? I'll take your drug test. You won't fail me. You'll see. It's the feel-good movie of the summer, says some guy who's not Roger Ebert. So get out there and go to your local movie theater to witness Pac-Man, the movie. Also on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to the show. Alright, welcome to Ruben Uncut. Today's topic, video game movies and why they suck. Well, that's not entirely fair. There are some passively entertaining video game movies out there. And I'll go into that as we continue along. But the major point I want to make is... See, something that fascinates me in terms of storytelling is adaptation. How we choose to adapt one, one piece of storytelling from one medium to another. And I have, I've been watching comic book movies a long time. I love comic book movies. And I don't even just mean the superhero ones. I mean shit like American Splendor and Road to Perdition. Okay, I'm actually kind of in the middle on Road to Perdition. It's not a bad movie. It just didn't grab... I gotta rewatch it. But the point is, Ghost World. There's another one. There's lots of comic book movies that aren't superheroes. But I love all comic book movies. Do I have a special soft spot for superheroes in general? I mean, yeah. Fair. Valid, even. I, that's a valid thing to say about me. But the thing about having watched all these comic book movies over the years is I've, I've witnessed the progression of how they've gone from, from, from being okay to being actually genuinely great. And where the standout movies are and what they sort of did and why it's different from the comic book movies that failed. And recently I've taken it upon myself to start trying to watch as many video game movies as I can. Now I haven't seen them all yet. I'm working on it. There's still a few big ones I haven't seen yet. Uh, you know, like the Super Mario Brothers movies from the 90s, which I'm hoping with this new one coming out will show up on some streaming platforms so I can get a crack at it. But I have seen the more recent movies, and I have seen some of the older movies. I recently rewatched 
uh, uh, the old Mortal Kombat movie, and I also recently saw for the first time the Double Dragon movie. Uh, which, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but I also recently saw the first Sonic movie, and we got a new Sonic movie coming out this year. And I'm hoping that it's better than the last one, even though, and I want to emphasize this, the last one, despite all the criticism you're going to hear me say about it here today, still actually somehow one of the better video game movies. Oh, I also saw Street, the Street Fighter movie. Not the newer one, but the older one, which is interesting. All right, so here's the thing. Let's talk about some of these movies. In fact... Maybe the best one to make an example of here to explain my overall theory on it is Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, like I said, this is actually one of the more watchable video game movies. It doesn't do everything horrifically wrong. So, what do I... So, to really get into this, there will be spoilers here for Sonic the Hedgehog. The thing I take issue with that Sonic the Hedgehog is a really great example of what is wrong with video game movies as opposed to comic book movies. Now, these are both adaptations of sort of a nerd-centric medium into film. And the thing I've noticed here is that uh, comic book movies have reached new heights. There are comic book movies like The Dark Knight, uh, yeah, The Dark Knight, American Splendor, the, um, the Batman that I just saw, I would definitely rank it up there, uh, Logan, films with real emotional connections and storytelling depth to them that have been mwah, really good. Uh, video game movies, however, have not reached this. And I think that I can explain this all with Sonic the Hedgehog. Because I think Sonic the Hedgehog exemplifies the main problem. And I can even throw in some comic book reference here as well. And the main problem, the main problem I would put to you is that Hollywood is run by uh, dopey man-children who look at things like trends and statistics more than they do the actual things they're trying to adapt. And when they, do, when they try to adapt a video game or sometimes a comic book into a movie, there's this problem where they don't really understand what they're adapting. So they'll try and take it and bend it into something they understand more. And Sonic the Hedgehog is a great example of Hollywood doing that shit. Because literally what they do with the movie is they take Sonic the Hedgehog and they place him in the format of a type of story that Hollywood understands. That's right. Sonic the Hedgehog is basically 
a little bit E.T. the extraterrestrial. Well, sort of. It's also a little bit that... It's a, it's a family adopts an alien. That's the storyline. You've seen this movie before. You've seen these movies before. Where, especially from the fucking 90s, which everyone seems to be like really romanticized that as a period for cinema, but that's because your brain is filtering out the classics and forgetting how much absolutely rancid filmed garbage there was in the 90s. The 90s was sort of an epidemic of like brain dead cinema. It is really, really like, yeah, we all think, oh, the Shawshank Redemption. Say, yeah, but like, don't you remember all the films produced by Adam Sandler in that period of time? Or like the ridiculous feel good family movies from that time? They're not, which are not good at all give you a specific example but they're escaping my mind probably because I my brain has erased them from my mind but Sonic the Hedgehog essentially uses the plot format from one of these types of movies specifically any movie where there's a strange creature or alien or robot or whatever who gets adopted by a human family because that's what Sonic the Hedgehog is about that's what happens in the movie Sonic the Hedgehog who mind-blowingly, didn't realize this, apparently is a fucking child. Uh, yeah, no, I always assumed with his attitude and how everyone in the universe of Sonic the Hedgehog basically lets him do whatever he wants, I always assumed he was, you know, in his early 20s, late teens at the youngest, but apparently no. Sonic the Hedgehog, as we, has been confirmed here, is in fact a child. <clears throat> And James Marsden, who currently is building a career of being someone who is good at acting against CGI characters, which is an interesting niche to fill. Uh, he probably deserves better, but, uh, you know, someone's got to get those paychecks, I guess. Plays a cop from a small town who dreams of being a cop in a town where he could actually make a difference. I.e., you know, actually fight crime. And he's got his girlfriend, and they live together, and they are having their whole dealios. And then suddenly, and they think they're going to be moving to San Francisco so we can be part of the big town. Big town police, you know. Go around kicking heroin addicts out of, out of local Porter Johns, you know. Uh, that kind of, that kind of shit. But here you got Sonic the Hedgehog who's an alien, who's been living on Earth for a while without parents. Strange that the movie thinks he needs parents. And the thing is, we, we should have seen this, we should have seen this coming. We should have seen this coming from the very moment that the original horrific character design for Sonic the Hedgehog came out. Because that's the thing about Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog was delayed an entire year, practically an entire year, just so that they could change all the CGI in the movie because the fan reaction to what their Sonic the Hedgehog looked like was so horrific that the movie studio was like, whoa, <laughs> we are going to get destroyed. We better make him look like the video game. 
Okay, can we do that? Let's do that. Now, to be fair though, the problem here is that that's all they changed. They, the film is, that original design should have been a clue to how incredibly off base the entire storytelling element would be to the film in terms of how it lined up with Sonic the Hedgehog. As it proceeds to ignore Sonic the Hedgehog lore on any level, whether we're talking Sonic the Hedgehog lore from the video games or the comic books. Whichever, doesn't matter. If you're a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, you've probably, if you're a hardcore Sonic the Hedgehog fan, you've probably been into at least one or the other a lot. And, and, and you get to come see this movie and, and have none of that be relevant whatsoever. Because the whole thing takes place on fucking Earth, uh, for some reason. Uh, there's no Chaos Emeralds, uh, or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But we do get Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman, which I'll get into in a bit. But the point is, is that that's sort of the issue. Hollywood looked at Sonic the Hedgehog, as they did with numerous other video game movies and comic book movies before comic book movies started being really good. And Hollywood repeatedly tries to do this thing where they're just like, oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. How can you make me get it? And writers have to run around and go, uh, well, what if he was like E.T.? Only he didn't want to go home. So he could stay with the family forever. Also, the family doesn't have any kids, so he is their kid. And a movie studio producer was like, Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it now. Make the movie. Make the movie. It reminds me of things. Make it. Yeah! I'm a movie producer. Yeah! Okay, so like... As a side note, I'm sure there are some intelligent, well-thought-out, good people who are movie producers. But, like, the evidence for it is not strong. What with the, the Sony email leaks uh, from a few years ago, basically revealed that, that a lot of producers are basically just giant man-children uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the recent revelation for, of what went wrong with the Suicide Squad movie from its producer. Yeah, no, we had two versions of the movie. We had a serious one and a comedy, and we showed them both to test audiences, and when the test audiences liked both of them, we were like, well, let's just smash the movies together into one fucking movie. Like, no. If the test audience liked both versions, you needed to pick a version. And just go with it. You don't... Ugh. <clears throat> My point is, is that producers clearly don't think shit out very well. And movies tend to turn out best when, a, when the director is an asshole who tells the movie producers he's going to do it his way. That appears to be the nature of the beast frequently. Although, on the other hand, we do end up with people like Tim Burton, who definitely could use an editor... Or a producer, or just someone to say, "Hey Tim, maybe change your shtick up a bit. Like you haven't made a new idea. You haven't you haven't expressed a new idea since Big Fish. 
Just oh, we're doing spirals again, Tim. Great. Spirals sell all the merch at the Hot Topic, I guess. Whatever, I'm off topic. The point is, is that movie producers look at Sonic the Hedgehog and they try to squeeze it into a Hollywood box. Because they did. And when Hollywood does these things, they're kind of just saying, eh, it's whatever. We don't get it. We're hoping that the license sells the tickets. Now we got to give it to was Paramount, right? Paramount made the Sonic movie? Paramount or Universal? You know, one of them, yeah, it, probably Paramount. Who knows what Universal's going to do for money after they complete the Fast and Furious series. They're probably fucked. <clears throat> but Paramount, I'm pretty sure, made the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. They were at least smart enough to realize that the fan reaction was a really, really, really bad sign for them. And so they went back and they fixed it up a bit. They couldn't remake the whole movie. Those bad choices had already been made. And to try and fuck with it would only make the movie an even more disjointed mess. But fixing Sonic the Hedgehog CGI was the right call. The resulting movie is reasonably entertaining for people who enjoy things that are easy, not, either not very challenging or are at least or if at least a visually accurate looking Sonic the Hedgehog is enough to please that level of Sonic the Hedgehog fan. In that case, it is a reasonably entertaining film that is also supported by the fact that Jim Carrey plays Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik, whatever you want to call him. Although I do want to take just a moment here to comment on, the on a couple things about Jim Carrey's performance, which, first of all, if what you have been longing for is some old-school Jim Carrey shenanigans, then I've got some good news for you. This is the movie you've been waiting for. The Probably one of the strongest features of the film is Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robotnik and doing his best Jim Carrey shtick. He can, doing an evil Jim Carrey shtick all over the place is, well, you know, if that's your thing, then this movie has it in no small quantity, and um, it's better than... And, you know, like, it's not even his worst him doing his old-school shtick. It's pretty solid. That being said, I will say that this does continue the weird Hollywood trend of taking characters from other mediums who are, who are like, short and fat and recasting them as tall, skinny people. Um, I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's about, uh, but uh, it happened with the Penguin in the series Gotham. It happened with uh, it happened with Microchip in the Punisher Netflix show, and uh, it's happening here with uh, Doctor Robotnik as with Jim, as Jim Carrey. I'm not saying we should put Jim Carrey in a fat suit. That would kind of probably be horrifically offensive. But like I, I, I can't help but feel like this is a weird trend with Hollywood. I don't, I don't necessarily approve. No, I don't approve. It, I don't know. It's hard for me to complain too much because Jim Carrey is probably the most consistently entertaining part of this film. Not that any part of this film is inherently super bad, though. Like that is the thing. Like I'm annoyed by the tropism that they've saddled. Sonic the Hedgehog with, and I'm annoyed by how little of the Sonic the Hedgehog universe is utilized. 
but for what it is, it is passively entertaining video game movie fare. So I will give it that. It's certainly better than a lot of other video game movies, and I could go into the long list of Uwe Boll movies, uh, a man who for some reason in what definitely feels like some type of tax scheme uh, just kept pumping out some of the world's worst video game movies. I don't know if you've seen Alone in the Dark, but it is a goddamn snooze fest of forgettability. And it was also the movie that showed me, oh, that's what makes using using uh, voiceover narration in a movie lazy as fuck. It's when it doesn't add anything except meaningless information that could have been conveyed in other more efficient ways than the rest of the film. Also, Ebold, I don't know if you ever actually played any of these video games, because none of them are terribly like the video games. He just didn't seem to care. He just figured he could make a career buying the rights to these movies and pumping them out as fast and cheap and write-offable as he could. Although, if you want to see a movie with, with some, like, with a, with a, like, ridiculously lit cast that somehow squanders almost everyone there in ridiculous performances, you can always check out uh, in the name of the king, a dungeon siege story. It's got a ridiculous cast. You've got your Jason Statham. You've got Ron Perlman, Ray Liotta, Steve... Wait, look. Not Steve McQueen. Uh, oh, man. Fuck. What is that guy's name? Uh, what is his fucking... Uh, what is his name? What is his name? Burt Reynolds! Jesus Christ, I couldn't forget... I forgot Burt Reynolds' name. It's got Burt Reynolds... Yeah, I'm not even bothering to do a... Do a... British accent, I might add. And, uh... And Matthew Lillard. And let me... And, and the thing is about this movie is that, like... Matthew Lillard and Ray Liotta's performances in this film... They go absolutely fucking ape shit cartoon levels like jesus christ it's like ray liotta and matthew lillard are having a scenery chewing contest between them as to which one can be doing the more ridiculous overblown performance of their careers in this movie like they are like matthew lillard is borderline cartoonish and, and, and ray liotta is just chewing the scenery like it like he ran out of food like it's just, it's a it's a wild fucking movie. Um, none of the people came back for the sequels. This was this was before everyone figured out who Uwe Boll was and whether or not they should accept jobs from him. Uh, I also saw Street Fighter. Now Street Fighter is another example of what I'm talking about. The Street Fighter movie from the '90s is a actually fairly entertaining weird film that being said it does not feel like a fucking street fighter movie at all like they change around a bunch of the characters and like their origins and ethnicities which is always always weird and uh and then it all culminates in what feels more like a james bond or 
a James Bond or like G.I. Joe movie. Actually, I would say that it may be the best G.I. Joe movie. Which is weird, because it's not a G.I. Joe movie. But like, that's how the, but the plot and story and ridiculous characters and fight scenes play out like what you would expect in a G.I. Joe movie. I, I can't say it wasn't entertaining, but it also wasn't Street Fighter-y that much. Then I have Doom starring The Rock, which the thing about that movie is if it didn't star Carl Urban and The Rock, you'd swear you were watching a made-for sci-fi channel movie because that's like how everything else in the film feels. It's like, oh, this is cheap as fuck. They literally spent the whole budget on Carl Urban and The Rock. And those first-person shooter fights, the first-person shooter scenes, just head scratcher. Now I'm just throwing out bad video game movies here. Another bad video game movie, Double Dragon. Although I will say the Double Dragon is bad in the most fun ways possible. It it feels like if someone took like an '80s exploitation sci-fi film with threw in a little bit of Mad Max and and uh and just unleashed it on the world that would that would essentially be Double Dragon and it, and it features such fun things as the most animated Robert Pat excuse me the most animated Robert Patrick performance I've ever seen you know the T-1000 or Peacemaker also or more recently Peacemaker's dad on Peacemaker it's yeah <sighs> It's, it's, actually, there's a part of me that says if you like cheesy bad movies, you might actually like Double Dragon. I don't know if it really has anything at all to do with the video game. But then again, the video game's plot, pretty, pretty thin. Pretty thin. So I know what you're thinking. Ruben, you're complaining about all these comic, all these video game movies. And sure, none of them are as good, not even one of them is close to being as good as Logan or... Or even half the MCU, or even half the X-Men movies, or actually more than half the X-Men and, and half the MCU are better than the video game movies. That's Like, uh, I'd rather watch Sonic the Hedgehog than Ant-Man and the Wasp. You got me there. Definitely, definitely better than that movie, which is trash. Although that movie, to be fair, still better than a lot of, than some of the comic movies that preceded it. But that is the thing. There was a point when most comic book movies were kind of like, well, you can tell the studio doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, Steel. Which, I'm gonna say, Steel is not a good movie with Shaquille O'Neal. But like, it is reasonably watchable as far as bad movies go. However, Steel also came out in 1997 and it looks like a film from, you know, 1987. So that's, that's bad in terms of budgeting, you know? Because I will say that while I find Batman and Robin a garishly ugly mess of a film visually, um, I can still tell that money was spent on it to make it look that goddamn ugly. Because it's definitely some intentional choices that were made 
to make that horrific eyesore of, of film. Where was I? Right. You see, the thing is, is that Hollywood, these movies get better when someone involved artistically with the film understands the comic books and video games have their own stories to tell. And I'm not saying that every movie has to be a direct translation from this issue of this comic or this video game from this series or whatnot. But what I am saying is that the more studios recognize what inherently is part of that story and what makes those stories worth viewing will inherently inform better films. Take the Batman. Now, Batman has a wealth of material to mine from so you can make a lot of different Batman stories off of all the material there is for him but when I saw the Batman recently it it was Batman on all cylinders like as much Batman as I've ever seen in a single adaptation of Batman and I'm not and they still didn't get every aspect of Batman in there due to the focus of the story and where it was at in in that Batman's life cycle but still it was impressive it was impressive to me. And I loved the Christopher Nolan movies prior because I could feel the 90s Batman comics it was based on. 90s Batman was kind of a lot like those stories. Or at least late 90s Batman. The Chuck Dixon Batman had a heavy, like, globe-trotting action-spy-adventure feel to it like the Christopher Nolan movies did. But we haven't gotten there with video game movies yet. Hollywood studios have not yet picked up on the idea of trying to adapt the world itself. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, why does it take place in our world? Now, to be fair, there are some Sonic stories, both cartoons and video games, that do take place in a world populated with humans. But those worlds are still pretty much pretty Sonic lore heavy. Like, I'm looking at the 3D Sonic games, which have humans in them, which is never explained why it's the only part of the series that has humans in it. Well, I mean, Robotnik's a human, right? Maybe? I don't know. Maybe he's a robot. He's Robotnik. But my point is, is that video game movies haven't gotten there just yet. Because in my opinion... Out of the video game movies that I've seen, I think possibly the best one is probably Detective Pikachu. At least as far as the live action ones go. The Pokemon cartoons have a little bit of a leg up because they're designed to be a commercial for the video games and therefore are very true to the video game universe, unlike a lot of other adaptations, because they're less an adaptation and more a natural extension of the franchise itself. But Detective Pikachu is a live-action Pokemon movie, not part of their anime series. And I have to say, I was impressed with it. Not in terms of its overall storytelling, because it is a rather simple film that is easy to predict and follow, because it is made to appeal to children while Ryan Reynolds is there to help the parents laugh. And this is a this is a fair statement about the film. 
I'm not trying to bag on it. I did enjoy it. It is a visually fun movie, and if you like Pokemon, it's definitely worth a watch. Because the thing it does well is that the movie feels like it is set in the world of Pokemon. The film embraces the idea of Pokemon being part of its society and sort of builds the whole movie around that. And this matters. This makes it feel like the video game. Arguably, there were a couple points where they may have even gone too far. For example, the female supporting character in the film who is friends with... Uh, oh, man, I'm forgetting his name. It's been for a while since I saw it. Uh, Justice. Justice Smith? Is that his... I believe. Uh, friends with him in the movie. Uh, there are a few points in the film uh, where her character's lines... Feel like you're talking to an NPC from the game. Like, there's just some of the dialogue is like, you feel too much like a Pokemon character. Like, like when, when does your dialogue tree run out? <laughs> what, what, the, what is going on? But I would say that this is the important thing that Detective Pikachu gets right that other video game movies get wrong. It embraces the world itself. It tries to make you feel like you are in a story that is part of that world as much as it can. The, tech, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie felt to me like I was watching a so Sonic the Hedgehog had been like, cut out of a Sonic the Hedgehog concept and transplanted into the body of a generic Hollywood film. Now, like I said, Detective Pikachu is no masterpiece. And that's vaguely my point. Hollywood hasn't figured out the right parts of making video games into movies yet. Fortunately for, video, fortunately for comic book movies, there's a lot of directors who love comic books and have give, put in a great deal of effort to adapt them into worthwhile comic book movies. But this has yet to really happen with video game movies. Maybe it will soon. And no, I'm not counting the Witcher series because the Witcher series is ultimate, because the Witcher series and the video games are ultimately based on a book series. Those, are, those themselves are adaptations. As weird as it sounds, the success rate of translating movies into video games, while frequently problematic, actually higher rate of success than the other way around. Now to be fair, Louis Bowl, Definitely throws off that average a little bit, but not a lot. So in conclusion, the problem is, is that Hollywood has yet to actually recognize what things in video games would make for compelling cinema. And it's getting weirder, because as we move forward, video games are becoming more and more like cinema. And yet, video, and yet movies still haven't figured out how to translate that into a movie. Maybe we'll see some success with The Last of Us coming to HBO. I've never, now to be fair, I've never played The Last of Us, the games, so I won't know how well that series actually does in terms of adaptation. But maybe this is the, but maybe this is the crossover we've been looking for. Maybe this is that moment. 
And also, I know what you're saying. Ruben, why didn't you review Uncharted for this video? Surely it could have had examples of these things you wanted to make a point about. To which I would say, but to do that, I would have to have had paid money to go see Uncharted. And I just wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Also, I've never, also, I've only ever played Uncharted on store demos. And I was never impressed. Maybe that's not the best way to play it. But my experience was that it felt like a very linear platformer that was designed to feel more cinematic than it was actually to, like, present challenges. Where were they? Oh, yeah. Dog on Uncharted for no reason. Uh, but I'm sure it's a great game. I, I have no opinion on the movie. I haven't seen it. Um, I'll probably see it at some point, especially if I'm trying to see all these video game movies. But also, I haven't seen the movie, so I actually don't know it would be a better example than Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Maybe it is. I do know that a lot of people have complained about the casting as not feeling right, specifically Mark Wahlberg as, uh, what's his name, Sully? I don't know. See, as someone who's never played the video game, I wouldn't know or care. Oh, wait. Before we go... I gotta take this moment to take a big old steamy dump on that on that most recent on that recent Tomb Raider reboot, which stars a very talented actress. But God damn, what was that script? What was the script for that movie? I mean, it was so unbelievably stupid. I can't even. Like, the thing about it that bothers me about it is the movie made her characters dumb. Like, her character is... Like, I know what you're going to say. Like, well, she's, this is her legend to be the Tomb Raider. And my response to that is, okay, okay, fine. But that's not exactly every way in which she is dumb in that movie. Okay, so the beginning of that movie, we're told that her, her dad has gone missing. And, and she has to declare him legally dead so she can claim his inheritance. And she doesn't want to do that. Because that would be admitting that he's dead. Here's the thing. Let me tell you. From a financial standpoint, it would be way more beneficial to her to accept that money and then use the money to rescue her father so that he can come back and prove that he is alive than it would to, to possibly lose her whole fortune to for no reason. So instead, she has to go sell this special jade necklace she has to get the money to go save her dad. It's like, there's no reason to not accept the money. There's no reason. If you, you can accept the money and then go use the money to bring back your dad. In fact, then you'd have way more resources to go bring back your dad. It's absolutely what... Are, it doesn't make sense. And, and dumb shit like that just perpetuates throughout the whole movie like there's a scene where like she's on this this plane like crashes and it's stuck on like a waterfall thing and her hands are tied together and like she knows she needs to get out of it before it falls off of this ledge and, and goes careening down the this this goddamn waterfall she dies but the thing is is like the plane is there plenty of time for her to run and get out of the plane if 
She waits to untie her hands when she gets off of it. But instead, she's trying to saw through the ropes on her hands before she, she, her feet are fine. Her feet, she can run, she can jump, she can get out of this plane. But literally, she's wasting time cutting her hand. You, you can do that on a rock when you get out of the plane, girl. Don't wait. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? What fucking idiot wrote this? I'm, I shouldn't say idiot, but God damn it. What the asinine. Asinine. And the whole movie is like that. Just Like there's one part where she's smart enough to solve a puzzle. And you're like, yes. Yes! Why is the rest of this fucking movie not like that? No, she's a dumbass. And it's not the actor's fault. It's written that way. I blame the writers. Who wrote this shit? <sighs> Sorry, I just I saw it and I was like, this is, the, this is so fucking stupid. This whole movie is fucking stupid. <sighs> Sorry, that movie is asinine. Like, ludicrously dumb. Bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's shit. It's garbage. Whew, I got off, I got off track there. Sometimes it gets, you know, you, just, you get fucking emotional about this nerd shit, man. It gives you some place to focus your frustrations besides real life. You know what I'm saying? I'd much rather sit here and talk to you about how incredibly fucking stupid Tomb Raider is than how we're on the brink global war and conflict. And no one seems to be concerned about the fact that Russia is just a giant imperialistic bully. Is America full of imperialistic bullies? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we are. I'm not saying we're not. That doesn't make what Russia's doing correct. I, I'm sorry. I'm getting off topic again. Uh, I was, I'm, my point is, this is more fun for me to talk about. Is this stuff. The nerd shit. I wish you could talk about nerd shit all the time. Because real life fucking blows. So in conclusion, Hollywood needs to start looking at video games closer and trying to figure out how to transport people to those worlds. Because when I play a video game, that's what I'm most interested in. The world I'm being taken to. Whether that's something that's told to me through the level design of that world, through the dialogue, the character, the subtle details of its universe, whatever. That's one of the things I'm looking for. Let's get that done, okay? Let's get on it, Hollywood. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Coming this summer, get ready for the sequel to the Pac-Man movie. That's right, Pac-Man 2, Pack to the Future. Pac-Man has built his own time machine with his crazy drunk uncle, and they're going on an adventure. Come on, Uncle Dr. Pac-Man! Shut the fuck up, Pac-Man. Get, get in the fucking time machine. All right, they're going back in time. To not have sex with Pac-Man's mom. Wait, what? That's right. This summer, Pack to the Future. It's a whole new Pac-Man. Featuring cameos by Miss Pac-Man and Cubert. Only in 